Hello, Cosmic Cats. I have a fun update to share with you. You and I are pretty cool now, and I know how much you love fun stories and adventures. So, that's why I wanted to share that there's a brand new podcast out now that I think you're going to love. The podcast is called Mysteries About True Histories, and it features some new friends of mine, Max and Molly. I'll let them tell you more. From the creators of Who Smarted Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Musicland Stories, the origin point for all music and adventure stories in the known universe, and some of the unknown ones. And we're here at the Musicland Concert Hall. I'm your friend, the conductor, back with you, and I am <sighs> exhausted. I was up all night cleaning out the Musicland concert hall to get ready for, oops, almost let the cat Stevens out the bag. <laughs> Spoilers. That's supposed to be a surprise. Speaking of surprises, Mo and her crew have had their fair share. But now they're close to their goal. They found the legendary drumsticks of Kubakan. And the Stella by Starlight spacecraft is closing in on the Orchestra Obscura, where Mo is going to take her seat as the new drummer. We're getting very near the end. You know, my friend Cat Stevens said the first cut is the deepest. But I think sometimes the waiting is the hardest part. Anyway... Mo and crew felt pretty confident, so they decided to set the autopilot and get a good night's sleep. I don't care what anybody tells you, it is impossible to rock and roll all night and party every day and not feel like something Cat Stevens dragged in. That morning, Mo woke up before anyone else on the Stella by Starlight. She crept through their quarters careful not to make a sound. Twilo, Mo's new best friend who saved her tail on the planet Transalore, was sleeping on his side. His snores made tiny melodies. Benny 3000 and Little Boy were curled up together under one big blanket. Benny 3000 and Little Boy were space outcasts Mo and Twilo rescued from the chilly wastelands of asteroid Atlantis. Plugged in next to them was Delia Decibel, their robot pal, gently humming as she recharged. Mo made her way to the bridge. In a song, a bridge is a piece of music that provides contrast from the chorus and the verse. It's usually a sign the song is about to wrap up. On a ship, the bridge is where you find the controls. 
Mo took a seat in the captain's chair and checked the screen to see how far they'd moved on the path from where you're at to where you're going. But there was a problem. The Stella by Starlight was out of the groove. Overnight, it had taken a turn to the left. That turn became a curve, and that curve became a shape Mo knew all too well. The Stella was on a spiral, just like the great spiral scratch of Sachidananda. When she and Twyla walked that long path, they were headed inward to a central point of light. But right now, the Stella was spiraling into darkness, pulled off the path by the gravitational force of a black hole. Mo mashed at the controls, but there was no use. The Stella was stuck in its new groove like a song stuck in your head. She woke up the rest of the crew, but there was nothing any of them could do. Out the front window of the ship, the black hole loomed, bigger and bigger as the ship circled closer and closer. Finally, they reached the edge, and the Stella and Mo and her crew tumbled into the black hole. Quiet in here. Dark, too. Mo and the crew couldn't see their hands in front of their faces. They could tell the ship was moving, but they couldn't tell if it was moving up or down, backwards or forwards. Mo was worried they might crash, but the ship landed with a kettle drum thud. Pop quiz, Cosmic Cats. What do you do when your spaceship comes in for a soft landing on a planet in the middle of a black hole? What, you don't know? Don't they teach you anything in school anymore? (laughs) I'm kidding, of course you don't know. There are situations in your life you can't prepare for, and this was one of them. Mo didn't have sheet music for this number. She was gonna have to improvise. But you know Mo, and you know that for her, Improv is no problem at all. The first thing they needed was to shed a little light on the situation. Delia Decibel had a headlamp conveniently located in her head, and that provided a narrow beam of light. It wasn't enough, so Mo took out the legendary drumsticks of Krupa Khan. In Mo's hands, they gave off a soft pink glow. But once she knocked out a couple quick paradiddles to get them warmed up, They were like a cotton candy torch in her hand. Raising the sticks up high, Mo took the lead as the crew climbed off the ship to explore. When Mo set her foot on the planet, she was surprised to find it was soft, like foam rubber. Her foot sank into the squishy planet, and for a second, she thought about the comfy bed she got out of that morning before everything flipped upside down. That got her thinking about her bed back home on Syncopia, surrounded by out-of-sync snoring siblings, which very naturally got her thinking maybe she'd made a mistake ever leaving. If she hadn't gone chasing an adventure, she wouldn't have found herself here in the dark on a strange planet. But... Mo knew that it was okay that she'd made mistakes. It was okay if sometimes you felt a little in the dark. 
And some days, it was even okay if you didn't want to get out of bed. But if she never started this journey, Mo never would have met the amazing people she'd met so far. Heck, she might have missed out on meeting me. She'd never have created this wonderful story for herself. And Mo knew her story wasn't over yet. Just ahead of them, Mo saw a sign. In scribbly scratch letters, it read, Welcome to Guardia. Someone will eat you soon. Mo read the sign again. Do you think they mean someone will greet you soon? Twilo asked nervously. They heard a low grinding growl that told them the sign meant exactly what it said. Out of a nearby cave slunked five gnarly, snarling beasts. Their knuckles and claws dragged and scraped on the ground as they approached. They had glowing red eyes as big as snare drums. Their gaping mouths were like looking into the horns of giant tubas. And each jagged tooth was like the neck of an electric guitar. The biggest, ugliest one had dirty, dank hair hanging down over his eyes, a big chunk of bone jutting out of his jaw, and a huge top hat balanced on his head. He swaggered forward on all fours and said, Now maybe you speak fluent Guardian, but even if you do, I bet you didn't understand what that creature said. Even his friends didn't understand him. They looked at him like, what's the scenario? So the creature kindly repeated himself. As he spoke, he came closer and closer until he was eye to eye with Mo. She could stare right into the abyss of his huge, hungry mouth. She could touch the tip of his razor-sharp guitar neck teeth. I'm very sorry, said Mo. I can't understand what you're saying. Twilo tried to step forward to put himself between Mo and the monster, but his feet wouldn't move. Excuse me, he stammered. But if you plan to eat us... The monster drew itself up on its hind legs until it was twice as tall as Mo or the crew. He put his claws, each the size of a crash cymbal, to the sides of his hideous head. With a grunt and a twist and a shake, he lifted off the giant, horrible mask he was wearing and set it down on the ground next to him. Eat you, he said. What kind of monsters do you think we are? Under the mask, he hit slightly cleaner, but still pretty dirty and dank hair hanging down over his eyes and a pretty normal-sized top hat balanced on his pretty normal-sized head. He turned back to his friends. These kids thought we were gonna eat them, he said. Three of the other four monsters removed their masks. Underneath each was another pretty normal-looking guy. They all agreed that eating children was a horrible thing to do and that Mo and the crew had made a really rude assumption accusing them of being monsters based only on the way they looked. Twilo pointed to the one in the back, who was still on all fours, terrible claws gripping the ground, glowing round eyes, bloodshot and red, drool dripping from his frightening fangs. 
Well, what about him? Twilo asked. The one in the top hat, whose name was Virgil, shrugged. You mean Lemmy? Oh, he's a real monster. But he's vegan. Once the confusion was cleared up, the Guardians invited Moe and the crew into their cave for vegan stew, ladled out by Lemmy. It was delicious and reminded Moe of her dad's Syncopian symbol stew. Being around the table with this quintet of monsters and her new band of friends, Moe didn't feel homesick. She felt at home. It was like she carried home with her everywhere she went, like a melody so that when she got to someplace new, with new people and new places, that melody was still there, just in a different key or set to a different drumbeat. Mo smiled and took a big slurp of soup. The Guardians explained that they were all decked out in their monster costumes because they had a gig working security at the Musicland Concert Hall the next night. Fun fact, I hire guardians to work security for all shows here at the Musicland Concert Hall. They look scary as heck, so nobody tries to start any funny business. But they're also just about the sweetest folks you would ever want to meet, especially Lemmy. And they love music so much, they work for free. I usually slip them a couple bucks and a bowl of stew on the side. They also explained the sign out front that said, someone will eat you soon. Lemmy made that good cook, horrible speller. Mo had never heard of the Musicland Concert Hall, which caused every jaw at the table to drop. Lemmy's jaw dropped so hard it knocked his stew bowl clear across the room. When I heard Mo never heard of the Musicland Concert Hall, I was about to fire my director of hype guy. Then I realized... I was the hype guy, so I let this one slide. Everyone explained that the Musicland Concert Hall was the origin point for all music in the known universe, which you already knew. Mo said that was amazing, but she was on the hunt for the Orchestra Obscura, the greatest cosmic jazz ensemble in this or any other galaxy. The show we're working security for is the reunion show for the Orchestra Obscura, said Virgil. Mo looked at him. She was confused. Reunion show? Haven't you heard, said Virgil. The orchestra's drummer, Krupa Khan, is rejoining the band. In the warm firelight of the cave... Mo's hands found the drumsticks. She'd started to think of them as her drumsticks. After all, I recalibrated them for her on Transalor. But they weren't really hers. They belonged to Krupa Khan. So did the spot as drummer in Extraordinary, in the Orchestra Obscura. She gripped the sticks. They glowed that unique shade of pink. But it seemed to Mo they glowed a little dimmer. Virgil invited Mo and the crew to come along. Each guardian got a plus one for the show, which worked out perfectly. Five guardians, five crew members on the Stellar by Starlight. 
Twilo asked Mo if she was all right and if she still wanted to go. Mo nodded. She should take the drumsticks back to Kupakan. Besides, it would be nice to see the orchestra obscura play. Virgil put his mask back on. He mumbled something Mo couldn't hear, but from the way he pointed and the way the rest of the guardians cleaned up their bowls and got ready, she figured it meant our rides outside. Mo heard a strange but familiar oscillation, and then a clattering clash that could only be a cosmic-powered school bus crashing into a planet made out of foam rubber. Mo rushed outside to see Professor Pandemonium climbing out of the half-wrecked tour bus of the Cosmic Crew. Hop on the bus, Gus, shouted the professor. You don't need to discuss much. We gotta go, Mo. It's time for the show. And it almost is, Cosmic Cats. Here at the Musicland Concert Hall, the aisles have been swept, the stage floor has been polished, and most of the rats, bats, and raccoons have temporarily relocated. It's a sold-out show, but I saved you a seat. Knowing Mo, I wouldn't be surprised if she had one more weird encounter in her before the curtain goes up. But can she make it to the show on time? And if she does, what part is she going to play? We'll find out soon, Cosmic Cats. But for now, I'm the conductor, and I'm out. Musicland Stories is a collaboration between Starglow Media and Double Elvis. Executive producers from Double Elvis are Jake Brennan and Brady Sadler. Executive producers from Starglow Media are Jet Baker and Agarenish A. Palmer. This episode of Musicland Stories was written by Bob Prohl. Alessandro Santoro is our showrunner. Narration by me, Nikki Lynette. Original score by Jonathan Warman. Story editing by Zeph Lundy. And episode mix by Colin Fleming. Grown-ups, you can find more ad-free audio fun for the whole family by subscribing to Starglow Plus on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts.